0: From Gimlet Media, this is The Nod. I'm Eric Eddings. And I am Brittany Luce.
1: Y'all are in for a treat, because on today's show, we're going to have a debate that is sure to give you more life.
0: That's right. Brittany and I recently went to Toronto for the very first time to do a live show at the Hot Docs Podcast Festival. And let me tell you, after our visit, nothing was the same.
1: Yes. That's because during our live show, Eric and I shared some views on a very important issue with a couple of amazing Canadian guests. Culture writer Sarah Haji and Metro News columnist Vicky Machama.
0: So sit back, relax, take care. Listen to this episode and thank me later.
1: We invited Vicky and Sarah on because, you know, we're like in the six... (laughs) <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know y'all don't call it that. No but just one calls like it that. Don't. With Let us. me live. Don't, do, me it. Live. don't do, me it. do it. I'm
2: say. Let me do my shit. Don't burn your bridges on day one. <laughs> I was gonna say. Look, I'm gonna say y'all already paid to be here, so <laughs> we're all
1: trapped. Um, but yeah, we wanted to bring them on here uh, as Toronto experts to, you know, just debate some some very important issues with us.
0: This is a segment that we like to call "Good for the Blacks."
1: What we're going to do is engage in a robust discussion on a given topic. And then we're going to take an official vote. And today it's going to be an official Canadian vote with some official Canadian black people. Yes.
3: Oh, my God. Yay.
1: Right. And we're going to decide whether or not the thing we're going to talk about is indeed good or bad for the blacks. Yes. So um, y'all about to hate me so much. What I'm about to say right now, Oh no. -hmm. given that we are in Toronto... (laughs) A.K.A. The Six. <laughs> A.K.A. Champagne Poppy's hometown.
0: Gotta do it. Gotta do it. Y'all
1: thought we was going to talk about Deborah Cox? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Tamia? Is that what y'all thought we were going to talk about? You know, we like to discuss something a little bit closer to home. Specifically, Drake's use of um, different world music influences in his work. A sprinkling of dance hall a smidgen of grime, a light bachata flavor. Mm. Basically, what we're trying to decide today is, is Drake's appropriation of other diasporic cultures, their music, is it good or bad for the blacks that Drake's kind of sampling the African diaspora?
0: So just to provide a little context, when Drake like first came out, when he like really kind of hit on the scene, mm-hmm. he sounded like... This and I say
2: the same thing every single
1: time.
0: I say you're the fucking best, you the fucking best, you the fucking best, you the fucking best, you're best I am, yes, I am a Still slaps. <laughs> Let's just be honest about that. Uh but in more recent years, like Drake or World Drake as I like to call him. New Drake. <laughs> like Drake of the Diaspora, mm-hmm. if you will. He sounds a bit more like this. He has a little more flavor.
1: Move for me when you're extra. Move for me with the pasta. I'm filling up outs where they is good, it up. Move me, good. I go crazy. Don't switch on me, I got big plans. We need to, to really? no
0: I don't understand how we got here. I don't even know what he
1: said. I don't know. I don't know what language Drake felt he was speaking. Into. So,
0: so we usually break this down in pros and cons, and I think we're gonna start with the pros. What could be good about this, Sarah? Would you mind kicking us off?
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, um. So Canada's not very cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're like the Rod and Todd Flanders of countries. <laughs> we're like, surely nothing cool comes out of Canada. So I think like. Yes, it's mildly embarrassing, but a lot of people seem to like it, and I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> um, he lends us a legitimacy. <laughs> Sorry, I can't even say that without laughing. <laughs> but I feel like, I feel like it. Like, he, it's people are like, whoa, Toronto, Canada. Like, right now, you were saying all these things about the Six and whatever. No one knew that shit before. No one used to talk about us no. at all. So I think it's a pro. Like People, un, people are where we exist. And they're willing to be like, "Hey, maybe Canada can be cool, so I'll take it
0: the thing I appreciate about Drake is he's only like maybe twenty five percent cooler than I am, you know That's like true. it's like yeah. it's it's kind of it's reasonably aspirational, you know, like, yeah. like maybe I can get there one day." Mm-hmm. It's like it's not that far off.
2: It's like if you
3: organize your money well enough, you can
2: yeah, attain Drakeness. Say. But Which that's is, the appeal. You're,
3: everyone's like, I can maybe be like Drake,
0: because yeah. it's
3: attainable. It's attainable. It's possible.
0: Know. But back to world Drake, I think like this, the the thing that I do. Appreciate about this kind of this switch is he is elevating some new voices. Like take Skepta, for example. There was not a big conversation around like Skepta and well Grime was Grime was getting there. It was like on its it was on its rise. But like Drake just went and put a whole ass interlude of Skepta music on his album. OVO man, so unruly. South by out no Suzuki got the Austin Powers of Man's Extra Groovy. Front row jacket, tailor-made. Crackhead swag with the razor blades. Red umbrella when I make See, it so red. so
3: much better than Drake, though. Yeah, I That's, <laughs> <laughs> like, so much better than anything Drake can do. <laughs> he I don't he
0: know. Doing, right? Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, these are people who, you know, like, more often than not, you would not have heard like them on a number one album in the country. And so I do think it is positive that he is like, you know, he's bringing like Skepta and I think it's like Gigs and mm-hmm. Gigs also. Like he's putting those people in a conversation that they might not have been in before.
1: Specifically with Grime too. Yeah. Grime is like one of the biggest black cultural exports from the UK.
0: Yeah.
1: Still a lot of people internationally don't, necessarily know about it. So for Drake to feature two grime artists on his album, like, that's... It's kind of... It's it's not nothing. yeah.
2: Yeah, I think it speaks to, like, a way that black Torontonians live and move that I don't know is necessarily replicable elsewhere. Like, I don't know everybody's experience, but, like, it is not uncommon to be a black person in Canada and know you know, people from at least 60 different places and to be able to speak to or understand their experiences, which means that it's much more accessible to you. I don't know if he does it fairly, but I think, like, it's not crazy to me that he's familiar with, you know, Afro-Soka or African music that's coming out of the continent and that he's in there and participating in it. Similarly, like, I think that makes it easier for him to access being in London and speaking to black people there. If you're Canadian... You tend to live a very eclectic style of blackness. Mm. That's not—it's not definable in other, in ways. You know, somebody will say like, "I'm from the South." Like, if you're a Canadian and you're black, you have a very eclectic patchwork and pastiche. Uh, to use a word from a degree, fuck. Show <laughs> <laughs> out that degree uh, experience of of being of being black. You just you know a little bit of everything. You're not an expert, but you know enough. And I think he brings that to his music. That's good. Yeah, great. that was yeah. No, give it seriously. Up. That I'm yeah.
1: schooled, because like that is not, that's not how America operates. It's <laughs> not how America operates. Yeah. My pro is like, there is like a sense of glee in the way that Drake sort of explores the diaspora. Like he's excited about anything having to do with black people. He really is. And he is, he's thrilled. Like, he, like you know, for better or worse, which we will get to the worst in a minute. <laughs> Um, For better or worse, Drake is somebody who's, like, excited about black people shit. Drake is a black man, but he's also definitely a mixed, famous person. You know, his mother is white, his father is black. In the United States, again, I don't know if it's different here. I've seen y'all's commercials. We were just talking earlier about how y'all's commercials got, like, hella mixed families. amazing. Whereas the United States, like, they had that one Cheerios commercial. Like,
0: it was like a year ago. And then Donald Trump was like, that's enough. You know what I'm saying? Like...
1: But yeah, no, so like, you know, in the United States, like being biracial, specifically like with a black-white mix, it can give you a sort of cultural fluidity. There are multiracial people in the public eye who choose to remain ambiguous on purpose, which is definitely their own choice, but it can sort of contribute to a conversation about multiracial identity that is kind of erasing blackness. Mm -hmm. But like Drake is like... He's, like, excited about the whole of Black culture, like, yeah. not even just America. He's not just, like, hype about, like, you know, the fact that his father's from Memphis. Yeah. He's not just hype about, like, Houston, Atlanta, Vegas. Like, he's excited about South Africa. He's excited about Afrobeat. He's excited about grime. He's excited about dance hall. He's very much on Team Black. <laughs> and also, too, like, don't get it twisted, parts of the diaspora are super excited about Drake. Like, y'all remember when Hotline Bling came out? <laughs> How could it's hard forget? to forget. It's yeah, hard to forget. I think some people are trying to forget. It's hard to forget. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this dancing.
0: Eh? It's, so it's so joyous. It's just so like, joyous. He didn't have a bad day, no. like <laughs> for a month. He looks, you know?
3: He looks <laughs> so cozy in his sweaters and he's just dancing and it, <laughs> you know, it was just so nice. He's
1: really getting it in this video. Andrea Gomp from Remez Cloth, the wonderful website, uh, she said that he was dancing like a drunk Dominican uncle at a quince. <laughs> with a splash of Carlton tossed in.
3: Yeah, (laughs) God.
1: But the thing is though, is that like, that's like lightweight shade, but within the hour of that video being posted to Apple Music, there were like dozens and dozens of like hashtag Dominican Drake memes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Dominican Twitter was going crazy that day (laughs) because they were like, is this like, is this bachata? Like what? (laughs) Like I think I want to say like the headline might have been like Drake goes full Platano, like, <laughs> <laughs> but like that was like you know Drake was like you know what black folks are in the Dominican Republic too, and I'm excited about y'all and I'm gonna let y'all know I'm here for you and people like received it so it's like Drake's opening his arms and the diaspora is hugging back.
2: <laughs> Can I talk about that moment in that video? Please. Talk okay. About this moment so in I'm this watching video. this video and I was like. Did this man just take a James Turrell exhibit, which is an exhibit that was at the Metropolitan Museum of Art, and it's like a white dude who lives inside of a volcano, look it up, it's real. And he <laughs> and he made it a hip hop music video and like you can agree or disagree about whether or not Hotline Bling is hip hop, but I was like I got to see the exhibit cuz I watched Hotline Bling. <laughs> <laughs> and I I think that's why I'm like I love that he picks up on different cultures because yes, he picks up on lots of different Black cultures, but he picks up on art, period. His insistence that he's not just a black artist, but he's an artist, period, and that his artistry has uh, has no borders is, to me, just a pro. Mm-hmm. And he's talked about it before, about saying, like, at an award show he was nominated in the rap category and it was for hotline bling and he said hotline bling's not a rap song it's a pop song but he's black but because i'm black i have to be a rap artist Mm. there's no other way that those people understand me and so he actually didn't go to that award show because he was like that's nonsense i'm not canceling money for that (laughs) i will always stand for that because like you don't have to be held within the boundaries of blackness in order to be a black artist as long as you are an artist
0: so I actually think that is a good spot to maybe pivot a little bit. So when we're thinking about, think about World Drake or like Drake being the captain planet of blackness. Mm. Um, what are the ways that this is actually like bad for us? Something, something, I'll be honest, something doesn't always feel right about it. You know?
3: Well, you know, there are a lot of there's a lot of talk about how he may or not be exploiting people. Um, I mean, in Toronto, he's he's not where these people are. He doesn't live amongst them. He takes from, you know, certain cultures and certain people. I know he, a lot of Somalis don't really like Drake that much because, you know, he took this stuff from whatever, this rapper, that rapper, but what are they seeing in the end of it? You know, it's kind of like, yeah, they have this very minor cosign where it's like, oh yeah, Drake did the same dance I did in that video, but that's where it ends, you know? So I, I do think there's definitely something a bit sinister there. It is a little weird. You're kind of like, what are these people getting back from what he's taking? Yeah, it, it,
1: I mean, there's definitely a pattern with that. Where he, like, Drake ends up being the person who gets primary credit for something that lots of, like, other people's ideas went into.
3: Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, even just going back to a lot of the grime artists that he's taken from, like, these people have been doing this shit for years. Obviously, it didn't start with Drake, and it's great that he's, you know, putting them out there, but... At the same time, it's kind of like they, they also didn't need him in a way. Like, Skept is better than Drake. He's always been better than Drake. Um, he didn't like need. I said calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Vicky. But, you know, I mean, I just feel like there's like a buffet and he's like taking a bit of everything and then he sits down with his plate. And I don't know. It's just a little weird to me. He's got
0: a big plate. Yeah. He's got a big plate. <laughs> big yeah. Little. I
3: think, you I love
2: Diplo, but I know that man's problematic. Yeah. I don't need. <laughs> a black diplo? <laughs> there I have a prop like I have a problem with Drake showing up to people's things, loving their music, being pro-black, using it to make a record or an album, taking that money, and then I don't know that I've ever seen any follow-up from Drake to be like, okay, let me sign that person or let me make sure that when I co-sign, I follow through. I don't know that those people are seeing those returns. They're having to sort of catch up after Drake's come through. And then sort of spin that into something for themselves. And I don't think he's responsible for everybody's uplift. Yeah, but exactly. I do think when he says this is my cosign, that he means that. I don't know that he he gives back in the way that it has been given to him.
0: Yeah. And I also say, like, even though the songs are good, like the songs are good, I hate so that I love good. them so much. <laughs> They're often, like, actually somewhat diluted versions of, like, the music that they kind of pull from. Like, uh, one of his, like, biggest songs, One Dance, was produced by WizKid.
1: I need a one dance, got a Hennessy in my hand. One more time before I go, I up, I was taking hold on me.
0: And if you go back and actually listen to WizKid's music, it's better.
1: Baby, come to start. Baby, be number one and I am to
0: like it's it's a lot better. And like, don't get twisted. One dance still goes. Like, I'm not sick of it. Not sick of it at all. But I worry for the people who listen to this and they go, oh, I don't need to listen to WizKid Because I can just go here. I don't need to actually go to the source. Like that Something about that Kind of troubles me In a way That I don't know How to reckon with
2: Can we talk about How a lot of Drake's fans Are young white dudes Oh yeah I See
0: I didn't know
1: this Because I don't know That many young white dudes
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm a 30 year old Black woman it's
2: like <laughs> I mean, it's the same of a lot of rappers. uh, But here, in terms of, like, consumption of the art and people wanting to follow through, there's no further research that they have to do. Someone's like, oh, well, Drake invented this particular use of dance hall music. A lot of young white dudes are just going to absorb that and be like, Drake invented that without ever knowing that there's a history and a background. And that's where I'm like, ah, I wish Drake did a little bit more.
0: I think a little bit of that comes from, like, Drake is also just not a very, like, He seems like he's a very welcoming person, you know, Mm -hmm. like he seems like he wants everybody to come and just kick it with him. Mm -hmm. Whereas for some other rappers, I've seen some white people talk about rap where they seem like they feel a little bad for like loving it so much. But nobody feels bad for loving Drake. True,
3: true. Oh, and like,
0: true. Yeah. they're like, like you're just not. I think
3: it's kind of like they feel like they're allowed to like Drake. Yeah. Where it's kind of like, mm-hmm. mm, I don't know, I'm kind of scared of Instables, But you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, but like they're, they're kind of like, Drake, he loves me, I love him too. And uh, yeah, I'm just going to listen to his music and not feel bad about it. Yeah.
1: Uh, something that I, that I keep wondering about as like an American, even one night I was like in, you know, like a rideshare and my boyfriend and I were talking about We're talking about Drake's shitty
2: patois.
1: (laughs) There was a Torontonian who was in the car with us. She was like, yeah, but like, that's what
3: Toronto was like. There are some differences from how it is in the States where, you know, a lot of us are first or second generation immigrants that come here. We're from all these different places and we end up living in the same spots. And we share a lot of our cultures with each other. And I feel like that's a very normal thing. It's
2: not weird to me that a young guy like Drake at the point in which he was immersed with a variety of different black people, but also different racialized communities would have been like, yeah, like we all just mix in and we all take parts of each other and we all converse in this way. So it's not it's not weird to me that he would have been mixing patois with random bits of yeah. Arabic or Amharic or things that he heard from his friends or like mixing it in with Spanish because that's those are the guys he knew, which is like it took a long time, and I don't mean to blast him for this, to get my brother to understand why his buddies, who were not black but were racialized, couldn't say the n word because he was like, What but i they let me speak Arabic,
3: yeah, and I was like, Well, that's just not how that works,
2: but <laughs> <laughs> but you know like that was that that was a very common thing, and so for Drake, who was a very young man by the time he became famous, to feel like yes, he always had access to these things, that to me feels. Definitely Canadian.
1: So do you think that like now because he's like more famous, do you feel like he has like a greater responsibility to follow through because of sort of like where he's from and how he grew up?
3: I think yes and no, because at the same time, I feel like because Drake is arguably the most famous Canadian right now, people kind of place this responsibility on him to fix all these problems and do all these things like, for example... Honest Ed's closed over there. It's like a Toronto... No, this is... It's funny, but at the same time, it's not because Honest Ed's is this Toronto institution. It was a really discount store. Like, you'll see the signs out there. Yeah, Yeah. and it closed and people were like, why didn't Drake do anything? (laughs) And you're like... (laughs) Because he can't save Honest Eds from the condo developers. Like, what do you want him to do? Do you want him to, like, buy Honest Eds and be like, yes, Honest Eds forever. Like, I just don't understand. Like, it was
2: one thing when he went into the liquor business, but if
3: Drake went into discount retail. Yeah, he's like, yes, it's like, I just, and I feel like everyone's just expecting him to do all this shit he can't do. And you're like, no, he can't can't save Honest Eds. And uh, I don't think, and I don't, and I honestly don't even know if he's, like, is he really even smart enough to understand <laughs> what he's doing? Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's a, uh, I mean, that's,
2: that that's fair. Cause I think that speaks to like an unfairness that we don't talk about. Like he was a young dude when he became famous off yeah. Degrassi and then off music. Like he did not have the path of like spending time with lots of like young liberal artsy type people and other people who went to these spaces where you have these conversations to talk about like what are the cultural boundaries? Yeah, like I don't. And think like he was... that's just not fair. Yeah, it's think... like anytime you stick a mic in front of a hockey player and you're like, "Tell me how you feel about Brexit," well, you're asking the wrong person the wrong <laughs> fucking question. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know. Yeah, I think he's willing to talk about I... it, but stop yelling at him on Twitter and via the New York I Times. Just, like he just think doesn't he's know. Not...
3: I don't think he doesn't. I don't think he knows. I don't think, like, I don't think he's a dumbass, but. Like, I also, I don't think it's really on his radar to be like, I should be really responsible about these things I'm doing. Like, it just it doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. Yeah.
0: So I actually think this is a good spot to vote. All right. What's it going to be? Will world Drake win over the hearts and minds of our panel? Or will Drake's rainbow coalition of sound be deemed bad for the blacks? The exciting conclusion after the break all right so we have some uh we have some church fans here (laughs) and um on one side we have if it's good for the blacks you have a thumbs up and michelle obama (laughs) i know she's not your queen, but she's still our queen. She's yeah. still
3: my queen. She's our right. yeah. global queen. Yeah. Let's okay. go with Okay, great.
0: It. And if it's bad for the blacks, we have Amorosa. Okay? All right. Okay. So, is there like
3: an in-between? I don't know. There's like a... No, sorry. You got yeah,
0: shoes. Yeah, no,
1: sorry. <laughs> got, <she's>
3: okay. yeah. <laughs> Them's the rules. Yeah, those are the rules.
0: All right. All right, yeah. so we're going to go down the line, and you can give like, you know, like a few sentences about why you feel ultimately you voted either way.
1: Yes, basically we're asking, is Drake's appropriation of other diasporic cultures' music, good or bad for the blacks? Eric, actually. Oh, I'm sorry. I my... know you're always chomping at the bit <laughs> to share your opinion. Why don't you go first? <sighs>
0: yes, <Yeah>, please. So, <laughs> I struggle with Drake. I really do. I really do. Because, like, <laughs> the thing about Drake's music is I I'll, I'll listen to it one time, and I'll be like, man, I'm not feeling this. And then I listen to it another time, and be like it's getting a little better. Mm -hmm. It just, it just gets you. And it really does. But it does bother me because, like, I actually went and, like, I went and listened to WizKid. I listened to some more Skepta. And, like, I'm like, damn, I really like this stuff. And I want to hear, I actually want to hear more of this rather than Drake's interpretation of that. That said, I would not have known who WizKid was. If it was not for Drake And I'm sh- ashamed to say that I am ashamed to say that
3: <laughs> But it is
0: true So I actually am going to say World Drake Is good for the blacks I'm sorry
1: Sarah you look a little You look a little sullen girl you okay. share?
3: <laughs> So I came into this conversation thinking that Drake was just kind of bad for the blacks. Um, Mostly because, like, I don't really like him that much. I I don't know if you guys got that impression, but (laughs) I mean, I never pursue Drake's music because I know I'll hear it a million times anyway when I go into an Old Navy. So I'm just kind of like, what's the point? You know what I mean? Um, You guys did give a really good argument as to why he's good for the blacks, because you know, he's not perfect, (laughs) but he's a good ambassador, and he's just so stoked on being black, and that black people like him. So, uh, I think, you know what? He's he's a sweet dude. Good for the blacks. (laughs) All right, say I I think you just want to use Omarosa. (laughs) I really
2: like a lot of Drake's music. I go back and forth on Views probably every other week. And there's a friend of mine who just gets messages where I'm like, Yo, Views is the shit. And then like, they'll get the message the next week where I'm like, Listen, not his best work. I have some notes. (laughs) But what I love about Drake is that he makes it more interesting and more complicated to be a black person Globally and for black Canadians, that's a space in a room I felt I've always needed where it's hard to explain yourself outside of this sort of like hyphenated way. Like, I don't know, when people are being polite, they're like African Canadian. And I'm like, ah, if we're going to get that detailed, I'm from the hills of Kisi and I have a Canadian citizenship. But the way Drake expresses it or the way he takes and grabs from thing, I'm like, I understand Ghanaian people in a way that I don't understand the Kenyans who are proximate to me in Kenya. He makes the diaspora accessible, and he makes it fun. And, like, it's so fun. If you're in a room of black people who are from everywhere, it's so fun. And so, like, Drake does that for for us and for me and the fact that he demands and insists on existing outside of the boundaries of how other people think about being black that all works for me if he wants to be good at it and if he's going to get good at it and if he wants to explore that culture he's going to do it and I, I really love that sort of like diasporicness but also the notion that we are limitless and so I mean obviously like uh, good for the blacks <laughs>
0: Hi, Brittany. Bring us home.
1: Okay, so, if I'm being honest, I mainly first got into Drake as Aubrey Graham.
2: <laughs> Jimmy? On Jimmy? the
1: known Canadian masterpiece. Degrassi, The Next Generation. Yes. Give it up. And I remember there was this special that they played on Noggin. Noggin is like... Was like a option Nickelodeon that we had in the United States. That's how we watched. Degrassi. What up? Yay! There's this special where they went to Drake's mom's house when he I was living. That. When I he was living. That. I love when he's like, "Oh, I got my mom's basement." His mother's basement was finished. <laughs> Drake had a mini fridge. He was driving an Acura. He was 16. You should be in your mom's basement. Like, I don't know where else you think you should be at. But I remember he had this letter that a fan had written him that he saved. That was like. <laughs> oh my God you are gonna complete the trifecta of black actors. Number one, Sidney Poitier. Number two, Denzel Washington. (laughs) And he like took that shit so to heart. And I was his age, I was like 15, I was like, ooh, no. (laughs) I was like, life is gonna be cruel to you. And then he came out with a song with Trey Songs. What was it called? Replacement Girl or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, Replacement Girl. 2007 Trey Songs. I remember, like, I remember, like, when he first came out, and I was, like, kind of embarrassed because he was just so fucking corny. Yes. And there's something about his corniness that, like, endeared me, but it also, like, irritated the shit out of me. But as his career has progressed, just his sheer excitement about being alive... And, like, making it beyond Degrassi, honestly. Because I think, like, the same kid in his mom's basement who really thought that he was coming up after Denzel Washington (laughs) is, like, the same kid who's, like, you know, I think it'd be really cool if I had this, like, James Terrell thing in the video and if I was wearing, like, some comfy-ass jeans and a sweater. The fact that he continues to, like really try to chip away at like his own idea of what it means to be black like the fact that he's like still this like corny kid who like really 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 just wants to be like liked and accepted by us like that makes me feel good it makes me feel good and maybe it's because i can't shake this idea of like the fact that he saved this letter like this handwritten letter Mm. Where he really, really thought that, like, he thought he was going to be Halle Berry up there crying with Oscar. Do you, see, do you think he still owns it? Do you think he, he still does. has he it? He knows Drake still owns definitely it. definitely You know, it's, <laughs> it's framed up there with his first, like, a little paycheck that he got from Degrassi. The pay stuff. I know that those things have to be together. But I think now more than ever, we need people who are going to be on Team Black. And Drake is on team black and he just wants like the way that he's sort of like exploring what it means to be black in different contexts. I think that a lot of us are doing that in our own lives and like sort of bumping our heads up against like boundaries and like sometimes overstepping and having to get corrected. Whether or not Drake is open to being corrected like remains to be seen. But overall, honestly, like I fucking love Drake. And I, I and like I really didn't think I really didn't think that like I was actually going to end up saying that this is good for the blacks. But. Here it is. I love him. Good for the blacks.
0: So, with a unanimous,
1: unanimous vote, Drake. I did not think that this was going to I happen. really didn't think I, I didn't was going to. I thought I was
3: going to Omarosa it. Yeah. Turns
1: out Drake's uh, Drake sampling. Good for the blacks. <laughs> yeah. This is one of the nicest letters I've ever received from anybody. He feels that I could complete the uh, trifecta of the greatest African-American actors of all time, Lord Sidney Poitier, Denzel Washington. And he says the third edition would be Aubrey Graham. I, I, will, I will keep this with me for the rest of my life. Thank you so much to Sarah Haji and Vicky Machama for being such amazing guests on our first international show we're going to link to both of their work in our show notes and if you want to hear more from vicky you should check out her podcast it's called safe space and you can find it wherever you listen to podcasts
0: thank you also to will denovi and everyone at the hot docs podcast festival for being incredible hosts and putting on such a great event
1: the knot is produced by me Brittany loose with eric eddings Kate parkinson morgan james t green and emmanuel barry our senior producer is sarah Abderrahman. We're edited by Annie Rose Strasser. Engineering from Cedric Wilson. Our theme music is by Khalid B. Additional music in the show by Talkstar.
0: Next week on The Nine, we learn about a new game that asks you to outblack your opponent.
1: She should win this round with Nelson Mandela, Little Kim, and Michelle Obama.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying she should win. I'm just saying that you guys should think about it.